Welcome to Grad School Life by PhD Balance, a new mini segment of Grad Chat where we speak to graduate students about the behind the scenes day-to-day -day life in their programs. I'm your host, Courtney Applewhite. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I'm a PhD candidate in the Department of Religious Studies at the University of California, Santa Barbara, studying death. Please don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast on your chosen platform to get notifications about new episodes and maybe leave us a little review if you're feeling generous. Um, today I'm joined by Jalea Rutledge, and she gets to sit here and listen while I introduce her <laughs> to herself. <laughs> so Jalea is a fourth-year doctoral candidate in the e Ecological Community Psychology Program at Michigan State University. Upon her ex acceptance to MSU, Jalea was named a University Enrichment Fellow, a prestigious award given to students that have shown the intellectual merit to succeed in graduate school. Her program of research focuses on racial health disparities, health equity, and health promotion among marginalized populations. More specifically, she's interested in understanding and utilizing strength-based approach for the promotion and protection of Black women's sexual and reproductive health. Jalea graduated summa cum laude from Tuskegee University in 2018 with a Bachelor of Arts in Communication and a Bachelor of Science in Psychology. Jalea was born in Illinois and raised in Birmingham, Alabama. She currently lives in Lansing, Michigan. In her spare time, Jalea loves to travel, try new fitness activities, cook, read books, sleep, and spend time with family and friends. Don't we all? <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Jalea. It's great to have you on. I'm so happy to be here listening to you read my bio. It's like, oh my gosh, you did not have to read all of that, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I loved, I loved it. And it's, it's really cool to see, you know, graduate school takes us to a lot of, and between undergrad and graduate school, there's a lot of travel involved, which I think is something that people don't really appreciate as much. So it's, it's really interesting to hear your journey from you know, being born in Illinois, going to Alabama, then back to Tuskegee for undergrad and then into Michigan. So it's just a lot of people don't realize how mobile we really are. Yes, yes. Being mobile and being flexible is one of the things that I count as a gift, honestly, yeah, being able no. to pivot and change. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think that that's totally right. And that's something that yeah, as, as we're sort of using this segment and using grad chat to tell people about what it's like to be in grad school, I mean, that's a reality, right? Not only in grad school, but if you're thinking about the next step, that mm -hmm. flexibility is so important. Right, for sure. So I want, we want to start off by asking, what is something you do on a daily basis that gives your PhD life balance? Mm -hmm. That is a really good question. And I am honestly still trying to navigate that and figure out what that looks like for me in this phase of my PhD. So I recently completed coursework. And now that I'm done with that, it's like you're really just focusing on dissertating. And that is a huge transition that I don't think gets talked about enough because you go from going to classes and having all of this structure to now it's like, oh, wow, you have a whole lot more free time than what you really had before. So how are you going to utilize this time and give yourself structure and balance? And so I found what's helpful for me to just kind of balance, and this is something new that I'm trying out, is just really giving myself structured time to work on certain things. Because when you don't have coursework to kind of guide you in terms of your time, um, you don't have as many meetings associated with coursework, it's like, oh, well, I could just sit at my computer and write my dissertation all day. But that's really not realistic. So what I found is that I, I bound my time, right? So from 9 to 10 or 9 to 11 each day, that's going to be dissertation time. 
from one to three, that's going to be time to work on other projects. And just kind of bounding my time has really been helpful so that once those things are done, now it's like, okay, you've spent your dedicated time towards that. Now spend some time doing the other things that you loved, spending time with family, talking to them on the phone, making a nice meal, going for a swim. So I found that bounding my time has been really helpful in like giving myself that necessary balance. Yeah, that's so smart. And I think that this is that the transition that you're talking about, I'm also sort of, I'm in it as well. And I think that you're, you're totally right. No one talks about how you're supposed to manage all of this time that you suddenly have to, you know, you aren't put on a schedule. Like, and if you don't have an advisor that's sort of on you a lot, then it's really just sort of like, okay, see you in a year or whenever you finish your dissertation. It's like, what? And so I think that that's so smart. Are you using any, are you just sort of blocking it off on your calendar or how are you doing those time blocks every day? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I have actually been blocking it out on my calendar and it kind of changes. The only thing that's really consistent is like the time that I'm spending on my dissertation, but everything else changes from day to day. So I'll just kind of wake up and think about what it is I have to do for the day and honestly, what's the most pressing priority. And then from there, I literally write out in my planner, okay, this thing is priority. So we're going to work on this from nine to 11. And that's why my brain is the freshest. So I really like base it upon just what's the most important. And so what I will block off in my calendar is like, um, writing time on certain days so that people know not to try to put meetings there. So it may not necessarily be that I'm writing my dissertation or that um, I'm working on any particular thing, but this time is just dedicated to writing whatever that may be. And I find that helpful as well. So people know, don't just put, (laughs) don't put anything on my calendar during that time. It's boundary setting too, which I think Mm -hmm. that it's, and it's really tempting. I know for me, like, it's really tempting not to bound that time because it's much more interest. Like, you know, sometimes it's hard to sit down and write. So it's like, mm-hmm. it, and then it's really tempting to be just like, oh, I could just take this meeting with a student or like, you know, do whatever, any other thing other than write. <laughs> yes, writing can be such a daunting task. And so that's one of the things that I realized about myself. Like I would fill my calendar with all these other things to make me feel like, oh, I'm getting stuff done. But at the end of the day, like the, main metric or the biggest milestone of that PhD is the dissertation. So you can mentor as much as you want. You can be involved in DEI efforts as much as you want, but it's like, you're not really committing the time that's needed to your dissertation. So something is going to have to change and it's hard, but I think it's a necessary change. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. So if we take a step back, so why did you decide to apply to grad school? Like, why did you decide to go this route? And when you were applying, what did you think it would be like? Hmm. Well, that's a really good question. So I would say my interest in psychology began back in high school. So I took an AP psych class and I was like, hmm, I really like this. So when I got to Tuskegee, I majored in psychology. And one of the things that I constantly kept hearing is that, well, you really need a PhD to be successful in psychology. I would like to say that I don't think that is true. But that is kind of the message that was communicated to me. And I was like, okay, well, then getting a PhD it is. And so during my time at Tuskegee, I was really intentional about making sure that I was getting research experience on campus. I was really intentional about making sure that I kept my grades up so that I could be competitive and prepared for a PhD program. 
I would say the summer before my senior year is when I really started to realize what a PhD program would actually be like. So prior to that, I honestly had no idea what a PhD was going to be. I was just like, it's more school. I didn't really know. Um, but as I was getting ready to apply, I started to like reach out to grad students just to learn about what a PhD really was and what types of skills and things you learned. And so I would say I didn't know what to expect until I started applying. And the information that I got as I was applying was pretty much, you know, research. You take a few classes, but the biggest deal that was kind of communicated to me about a PhD was you are being trained to be a researcher. And so I found that to be mostly true in my experience here at Michigan State. Obviously, we do other things. We do take courses. But like, again, the main currency of my discipline and what I'm learning now is research and publications. Now, it is community-engaged research, but at the end of the day, it's still research. So what I was taught about a PhD program has still mostly stood true. So my expectations have pretty much been met. Yeah, I think informational interviewing is a great tip because Mm -hmm. that's really the like podcasts like this are not like, you know, dense on the ground or anything. There's not a lot of information like that. But I think speaking to grad students is the best way to figure out what a PhD program is actually like. Yes, I would say that was like one of the best things that I ever did because grad students, we're happy to talk to you. We're happy to give you the inside scoop so that you know and are really able to make an informed decision about what's next. And so it was from there that I was like, okay, I think I can do this. Um, They were super open. They gave me some really good advice and insight. And I think that those informational interviews early on were what really helped me to like make the best decision for myself when it came to um, choosing a school and where I applied and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I I think that that's, that's the, the only way to really fully understand it. Otherwise you get a little blindsided by because it's different from undergrad, right? It's, it's really mm-hmm. different. Yeah. So you, you touched on this a little bit before, but can you walk us through a typical day, like when you get up, when you eat, when you're doing your work? So you kind of touched on it, but you just go into more some more detail maybe? Mm, I will. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, it just varies from day to day. I know we kind of talked about how what it may not necessarily look the same. And I'm honestly not one of those people that can just get up and um, like, I like structure, right? And I think that's helpful. But surprisingly, like I don't really have a super like typical day-to-day plan. And I would like to blame that on me living in Michigan. During the summer, I have, I'm gonna give you my summer typical day and then I'll give you my winter typical day. And that's kind of how things have worked for me since I've gotten here. So during the summer, I'm a sun person. So when the sun's up, I'm up. So usually about 6 a.m. during the summers, I'm up. I'll go to the gym first, work out, make myself a nice breakfast. And I'll probably get home and get started with whatever task I have for the day. So whether that's sending emails, meeting with students, planning, just work-related tasks. I'll do those from about um, 10 to 1. And then I'll take a break and eat lunch 1 to 2.30. I'm a snacker, so sometimes I really don't take a break and eat. I'm just like snacking on pretzels, grapes, whatever, you know, occurs to me whenever I get hungry. And then I would say during the evening, it has tended to be when I like to have my meetings. I don't really like morning meetings. So I would say around 2.30 to like 4 or 5 is when I have space for meetings. So whether that's things that are related to my research projects or just 
other things I'm involved in in the university. The evenings will be time for me to meet. And then I would say at about 6.30 or 7 o'clock, I'm just kind of downtime, whatever that looks like. And so I will say sometimes in my downtime, I do decide to do work because I'm really interested in whatever it is that I'm working on. And um, I'll continue working on that. Or sometimes my downtime is just me watching TV or literally like downtime running my mouth on the phone to my friends and my family. So it really just depends. Um, But that's typically how things look during the summer. I'm typically done with my day around five or six because it's like, oh my gosh, we still have so much sunlight. The sun doesn't sit here in the summer until like nine o'clock. Now, when we pivot to the winter, it's a bit of a different story. I'm more of a night owl during the winter because it's so great here so many days. And um, when it snows in the morning, I'm from the South, y'all. I was raised in Birmingham, Alabama. And so it's snowing and the roads aren't clear. So I know I'm not about to get up and go to the gym. So what I found myself doing is, although I'm up at like 6.30, 7 in the morning during the winters, I use, my downtime is in the mornings now. So I get up, do things around the house. Uh, I know my friends are like, please stop calling me at 8 a.m. in the morning. But I'm on the phone talking to them at 8 a.m. in the morning, doing like, you know, just wellness things in the morning, taking my time, washing clothes. And then I would say at about 10 a.m., that is when I start my day in terms of things related to school. And I do that again, probably until about six or seven at night. And I'll go to the gym, eat dinner, all of that between like six and nine. And then from there, I again, write better at night during the winter. So I'll actually spend for like nine to 11 ish, like really doing that deep writing that's required. So that's how things have kind of worked out for me. I hate that it pivots during the winter but once I realized that was what was happening to me I was like okay let's make the best out of this I think that that's awesome because I I I, I am exceptionally blessed because I've been perpetually in the south and now into California so I don't really this the winter here is a little is a little bit different mm-hmm. but um I think that that's really smart because I think that that's that that is really common that people don't anticipate how the sunlight changing, how the weather changing, how even like how warm or cold it is. Like, you know, even, even here in California, it doesn't get that cold, but in the morning, in the winter, it's tough because it's so chilly and you like, don't want to get up right away and sort of all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think that's actually a really smart way to divide it up. And it's, it's great that you can be flexible because if you get too rigid, then you know, you, you give up things like you don't go to the gym because you're like, it go, can't go in the morning. So I guess mm-hmm. I'm just not going to go. And mm-hmm. so that makes it really hard. So I actually think that that is brilliant. Again, you sort of alluded to this earlier, that flexibility critical in all things. <laughs> critical. Let me tell you, you have to learn how to be flexible and how to pivot because life will continue to throw things at you. And it's like, all right, let me just take a moment <laughs> to figure out how we're going to get through it. Yeah. Totally. Well, and can you talk about what, what do you want to do next? So what, what is your next step? Mm-hmm. So I think I have come to the conclusion that I, I definitely want to be in academia for sure. Um, but I think that I want to pursue postdoc positions. I don't know if I shared this, but like I immediately went from undergrad into a PhD program. So I had a summer off and then And and it wasn't even a summer off because I was doing research in Uganda. So I went straight through. And so because of that, I think I want to 
take some time to pursue a postdoc um, as opposed to going directly into a faculty position. Yeah, so you want to do some additional research and sort of and, and probably move, move again. So again, we're talking about uh, continuing, continuing to move and experience new things, which I think is actually, you know, it's challenging, but it's a fun part of being in academia and being in those different positions. Mm -hmm. For yeah. sure. Yeah, you get to learn and experience so many different places and different people. That's like one of the best parts about it. Totally. Well, where can our listeners find you if they want to learn more about your work or about what you're doing? Yes. So my Instagram is exojalea. I actually am currently not on Instagram. I deleted my page, so I don't know when this is coming out, but uh, my page may be back up by then. But if not, um, my Twitter is Jalea Rutledge, J-A-L-E-A-H-R-U-T-L-E-D-G-E. Uh, same for my LinkedIn. And then I also have a website and it is www.becomingdrrutledge.com. And we can connect in all of those ways. Yeah, that's great. So was the Instagram intentional for the, the writing process? It was. Just to, just it to was. tack on. <laughs> it was. It was. I was like, for some reason, Instagram is like a rabbit hole for me. I know some people feel that way about TikTok. They can get on there and just like scroll all night. But for me, it's Instagram. And I'm just like, all right, Julia, since you don't know how to discipline yourself enough, you're just going to get rid of it altogether until you propose your dissertation. So yeah, yes. screen time has screen time has no effect to me with with Instagram. It's like, oh, you're, you've reached your limit for today. And I'm like, mm. ignore it, <laughs> like whatever. So yeah, I was like, you know what? You're just going to delete the page altogether. I know some people delete the app off their phone and then I will go to the browser on my computer. So yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing, sharing your, your time with us and sharing your uh, experience in grad school. We really appreciate it. This has been great. Thank you so much. Yeah. And thanks to everyone for joining us. This has been Grad School Life by PhD Balance. Episodes of Grad School Life are posted on Thursdays and grad chat episodes are now posted on Saturdays on our podcast and on our YouTube channel. So for more information about Grad School Life by PhD Balance, you can check out our website, phdbalance.com or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at phd underscore balance you can find me at cf white x on twitter and instagram instagram unfortunately but i'm still there <laughs> until next time bye y'all and take care of yourself